What's up, everybody? Welcome to HB Hose, where you get your local dose of drama, sluttiness, and <laughs> gossip <laughs> from shows, of course. <laughs> of course. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's your hosts, Maddie, Sammy, and our special series guest, Jenna. Uh, today we will be discussing episode four of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Uh, and we're so excited to get back into it because we missed a week or two. We were traveling and having fun and being hoes. So um, so glad to be back. So glad to have you back. Yep. Back into the swing of things. Yeah. yeah. No, seriously, it has been an adjustment. Um but yes, we're catching up. We're catching up with the pod episodes. So you will get um, episode four out as soon as we put this out. And then, you know, whatever one else, the, the other ones that we missed. So we'll be back um, regular scheduled programming. Is that the saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so something like that. Programming once we get done with these two episodes. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. then you, well, then you guys also have a. Uh... House of the Dragon as well. Yes, so. which if you watch that show, uh, Maddie and I are doing a separate um, series pod. It's still under HBO's, but we're doing it about House of the Dragon too. So check that out if you're watching. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, since I finally remembered to say this this time, this episode contains spoilers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you have yes. not seen Rings yeah. of Power episode four, do not listen. Stop. Caution. Quit out. Get out of here. Get out of here. Which realistically, realistically, since we're behind, you should have already watched it. Yes. So get your get your shit together. (laughs) 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 Oh so yeah, we're actually gonna have Jenna narrate and take over and lead the pod. I took notes with my notes. Yeah, I think that might be a thing. Like whoever has the most notes, like okay, that's not fair because that's not just gonna be me. Uh, no, I um I asked Jenna and she gracefully accepted because last pod, if you guys listened, I fucked up and skipped so many things that we had to go back and it was a very long pod. And you know, today we're trying hopefully scale that down a little bit um and you know be more efficient going like scene by scene with what's going on. So yeah, um, yeah awesome, Jenna. Whenever you're ready. Well then let's jump right in then, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, right off rip, uh, we get kind of what Muriel is, uh, worried about, uh, because, uh, she's dreaming, straight up dreaming, and she sees Numenor being destroyed by a huge, essential, like, a tsunami. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, I can fell for that, just saying, I'm very gullible. So yes. I was like, oh, this is happening. And yeah. I to, honestly, I had to rewind it and rewatch it three times because I'm like, what is happening? And I was semi-distracted. So I'm like, okay, she's holding the baby. It's a bunch of women with babies. And then boom, the fucking city is going underwater. Like, what mm. am I missing? And really, it was just that simple. Like, that's exactly what happened. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, then she wakes up. We obviously realized that that didn't happen, right? Um, that it was more of like a vision. But yeah, I mean, but now we realize what Muriel has been afraid of and why she's been so like opposed to Galadriel being there because this is 
like you said, this vision of, you know, the downfall of her city. Yeah. And I would say it felt prophetic. I think like just the sublimeness of like the tsunami, like I, I had anxiety in those first like three to five seconds. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like I am being engulfed by this mm-hmm. as well. Well, yeah, they did really well with like the cinematic of it, the CGI of actually like you felt it, <laughs> so like good. literally felt it coming at you, which is great. Yes. It, it reminds me of like when you're on a roller coaster or have you ever been on Splash Mountain? Yes. Yeah. That, like right before the drop, that mm-hmm. is kind of like what that reminded me of, uh, which is great. It's hard to do that on TV, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So next, uh, we go right into um, Aarian, who's uh, Isildur's sister. Um, and there's a lot of gossip going around within the townspeople um, that Galadriel is being brought to Muriel to have this this talk. Because, again, Muriel has this, uh, this vision of, you know, what the heck. And, um, I mean, they're just upset that Galadriel's there and Halbrand is there. Because they all know now, because word travels fast that Halbrand kicked the crap out of those smithing people, <sighs> caused all that trouble, and then, you know, fighting with the guards and stuff. So everybody's just like, these these two people, like, we we don't want these people here at all. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to have a meeting about it, basically. Yeah. Uh. So, um, the Chancellor, who I have his name down later on in my notes... But I just know him to be the chancellor. It's like the the older guy with the like salt and pepper hair. Um, basically, he's he's calming down the crowd in, in that moment because everybody's getting like riled up. Like you know what what the hell? We shouldn't be following this elf. We shouldn't be listening to her. You know, and he's pretty much telling him to trust him that Numenor. You know, we don't have to worry about elves ruling us and telling us what to do ever again and she's just one elf mm-hmm. like what what can she do mm-hmm. yeah yeah is he often uh, i think we saw him earlier uh so he i he's to me he's almost like the like the right hand man of the the queen oh okay that she like talks to because uh elendil is the captain Okay. It's Isildur's father. Yes. Yeah. Chance, like he's always the one that's in like the 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 robes with yeah. the longer the longer yeah. hair, always trying to tell the queen like, don't listen, don't listen to the elf, <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. stop it. Well, he yeah, that was my um you know my immediate reaction was like oh this guy's gonna be fucking trouble yeah mm-hmm. like he's just very out loud he's very loud i will say like very like opinionated you know and Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah so uh what what's going on next so uh we're introduced to kemen who will kemen kemen i don't think i heard anybody actually say the pronunciation of his name so i'm just saying kemen (laughs) (laughs) um but there's just a little interaction to just introduce him to us because he does uh, come into play later. Um, and he's talking to Aarian um, and they, they get dinner. They get dinned together. Oh, it was so flirty. Yeah, oh. it was very, very flirty. And um, so she's at the, the Builders Guild and she is essentially being put through, not the ringer, but she's 
she's paying her dues. She has to do all the cleaning and all the grunt work and stuff before she can actually move up in this in this guild. I wonder if they do that to all the men. <laughs> right? <laughs> God, probably. Who knows? In, yeah. in this era, to, who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. So we skip to what we were leading up to before with uh, Galadriel and Elendil are, are with the queen and with Muriel. And she's showing her, Galadriel's showing her the scrolls that she got from the, um, from before and saying like, hey, like these are Sauron's plans. This is map. And of course, Muriel cuts straight to like, wow, you rode off without my permission and stole these ancient scrolls. Mm-hmm. Like that's all she can focus on. She's not even focused on the fact that like, holy crap, this stuff is happening. Yeah. It's you betrayed me and you like wrote off. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely being very dismissive and, mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of ignorant about it. Like, you know, just trying, you know, she's like, I, that's not her main priority right now. Definitely. So. Well, yeah, she's definitely focused on the fact that, you know, Numenor is this, essentially an island and it's they're protected for the most part and they're set in their ways kind of kind of like the the harfoots they're kind of just set in their ways they they don't want to like get into trouble with anybody else and they you know so she's so focused on protecting her people which is a very like it's what you should be doing yes you know as a as somebody who's ruling and Mm -hmm. you know yeah but you know it's everything with Sauron is and the war and everything is gonna affect everybody and she's not quite seeing that yet yeah yeah, yeah. she's kind of naive to that fact mm-hmm. um yeah and it sucks because like Galadriel is trying really hard to make people understand it mm-hmm. and I think uh like I hate to say this because it's basic but like seeing is believing like n- there's like not a lot of evidence for Galadriel to support her right now e- even though like they had the war like many many years and <coughs> excuse me moons ago um but like people of this time haven't had to worry about it so they're yeah. like what do you mean like Sauron's not here he hasn't been yeah. outside. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of yeah. like uh, um, Game of Thrones with the White Walkers. Like, it's just like, mm. oh, shit doesn't exist. You know, like, mm. we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. 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 So, um, Gladriel asked to speak to her father because, I mean, obviously they know that the king is still alive. Um, and since Mariel won't back her up on this um, to get people to the Southlands and to get, you know, an army going against Sauron's army um she she hit a a nerve (laughs) with muriel because the next like immediately after we see gladriel being locked up in jail next to halbrand (laughs) romance continues Mm. (laughs) so yeah definitely hit a nerve with her because and then I i feel like this episode too is just like breaking down muriel and what she's like what she's afraid of yeah obviously it starts off with the the vision the dream and then of course Galadriel mentioning her her dad and like well if you're not going to back me up I'm going to go above you and then her answer to that is to lock her up (laughs) yeah which definitely gives us an inkling like we knew that the king is or like we would assume that the king is 
incapacitated in some way like mm. and I think I felt that way even in the last episode I was like well where where's the king like why are you answering for him right now yeah yep and usually that doesn't happen unless they they're sick or injured or, or something else is going right. on because you know back in these times it's you know they represent their people like if they want something said they say it themselves yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know so to have I like understandably a family member, but when she's the face of, you know, everything, it's, you, you kind of knew something was going on. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So um, after this, we go to uh, Isildur, who is on the ship. And once again, he hears a voice calling to him, which has happened already before. Mm-hmm. And it distracts him to the point where he lets a rope slip by accident um causing everything to just kind of go chaotic for a little bit and the sailmaster essentially even though he owns up to it he's like it's totally my fault but his two friends that help him you know get everything set they're all kicked off yeah (laughs) which is really sucks because like I, i feel like him just owning up to it is like that should be good enough but yeah, it really sucks that your two friends like take the fall with you too, even though they were trying to help you cover 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 up your mistake. Yeah. And well, then, so all three of them are off the the sea guard. And yeah. doesn't um the captain call him out? He's like, I know you did that on purpose. Didn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, so he feels he did it on purpose, which is like even more of a slap in the face because he yeah. we obviously see that he didn't. Yeah. But that also shows that you know, the captain knows the character of, like, his character, that he is a good person to be on a boat. He is a good sea guard. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like he's, like, just disappointed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, you did this because you don't want to be here. Like, you right. wouldn't have made that mistake otherwise, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 Which also, like, brings to the next point when the three of them are are talking and Valendil, who's the, the darker haired friend is arguing with him. And he's like, you know, you don't understand, like, you know, I've had to work all my life to, to be on this boat. Your dad is help- essentially, he's calling him out and saying, you know, you, everything's been handed to you. Yeah. Like, sure. It seems like you've been, you know, you did your work, but, but did you really? Yeah. Like you're such a Nepo baby, you know, like yes. get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's true though i mean you know having ellen deal as, as his dad you know that does open more doors so it's like it's understandable that like his two friends are upset with him because it's like you know you just you ruin this for us unintentionally but you ruin this for us and like what do we have left because your right. dad could still help you yeah like right. what can we do now yeah exactly i actually felt really bad for him and i was like okay we're starting to see where you know where we know that he's going to end up like how that's developing now in these formative years like I think that you know that was a big part of like the 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 trajectory of where he's going Mm so um I felt really bad for him because I'm like he didn't do it on purpose he didn't really deserve all the slack but all of the rest of them are right in feeling the way that they felt too so and he's also not telling people like what's happening to him yeah Cause yeah. I, like, what, what are you going to say? Like, you know, if the, like the three of us were on a, on a ship and I let something, you know, go like that and be like, Oh, I heard a voice. 
you two would be like, <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Like, oh, <laughs> like yeah, um, we were like, what? Huh? I would be like, we need to get Jenna to the doctor immediately. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, so I was like, I understand, like, too, like, his, the this position that he's in because he was like, yeah, he, he says and states that he wants to, you know, do these other things and, and venture and, you know, go to, go to the West. But it's like, he can't really say the reason why he can't say that he's hearing voices. Yeah. You know, you could say something's your calling, but not something literally calling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a great point. He definitely can't say that. He, you can't say that. You just can't. No. So. You're just thrown off the ship. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have like antipsychotic medicine. No, 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 no. So no, it's like schizophrenia is yet. Like fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So so after that, we go to an exciting point because I put it in my notes that um Aaron Deer is talking to Adar, who's Benjamin. Hell yeah. Game of Thrones. God, I put I put, I put that in my notes too. I was just oh like Oh my god, I know. I was like parentheses, Benjamin. I know. So seriously. I so Joseph so. Polly. God damn it. I love seeing your face. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I was like, because we didn't know who it was, right? And the casting hadn't come out, and we don't get to see his face in the last episode. And it's literally mm-hmm. the cliffhanger. Well, the other thing is, too, is that, um, so Adar means father. So, like I said, when I um, was looking up who these characters were and I saw him on, you know, the casting, it said a different name. So I was like, that's why I didn't know if it was him or not. So I was like, he has elf ears, he has long, dark hair, the face is blurry, could be Benjen, but online it says he's playing a different character but yeah adar means father so the orcs are calling him father that's not actually his name oh, yeah <laughs> this whole time that Thank makes you sense. Clarifying. i did not even see him on the cast so i had yes. no idea but yeah when i saw him i was like wait a damn minute mm-hmm. and i had to pause and then of course i looked it up right away and i'm yeah. watching these episodes late because i was the one that was traveling but mm-hmm. um so as soon as I saw it, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I know that face. And then I looked it up. Yeah. And it was Joseph Molly. And he, I'm just like, oh, and it's so great because Benjen was just like the truly best, like goodest. Really That's is. not a word, but like <laughs> purely good character of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And so seeing him play like an ultimately, e- like a very evil person is going to be a fun change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, very, very excited about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, basically in this scene, uh, after we're done fangirling about Benjen, um, so Adar, he kills an orc, basically, who's suffering right in front of um, Arendir. And, you know, obviously Arendir's like, you know, who the hell are you? Like, what are you? Because he is disfigured in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, he has the long hair. Yeah, he has the elf ears, but he's also changing. He also has a lot of scarring. And he's not a normal elf Mm so you know he asks him what he is and i like how he says that he's not a god yet yeah and he lets him go he lets him go because he wants him to deliver uh, a message to who we find out is bronwyn and the rest of the people who are um were in the village yes and yeah so 
I was just excited that they he let him go. I understand it's for a purpose, but I was just like, okay, nothing's happened to nothing's happening to him. He's not going to hurt him. Yes, yeah, that's good. Um, I really did not expect that at all. Did I? Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, <coughs> Especially me. since they they killed the other two elves. I, well, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, and I'm just like, okay, the one that you shouldn't have let go was probably Arendir because he's a fucking badass but yeah um you know I'm excited because now we're finally not seeing him in prison and we can actually see like what he you know what's good mm-hmm. with him like what he can really do so I'm excited about that yeah so yeah, but- yeah after that it's basically just cutting to Bronwyn like I mentioned because this is who the, the message is eventually going to get to mm-hmm. and um there's a a tower that they are, they're going to occupy to try to, you know, stay safe and they're running out of food, which is, the, this is like ultimately the problem of, of any kind of pillaging and stuff like that. And you're running away from an enemy is like, you know, what's, you know, what are, what are we going to do for resources as far as taking care of all these people? Because it's a lot of women, a lot of children, a lot of elderly, and you're trying to keep everybody alive. Yeah. So exactly. she's faced with this. She She's taken on this role since she's the one who came back and told them that they need to go. She's taken on this role of, you know, leader, essentially. Yeah, responsibility of all yeah. Of yeah. And Theo, her son, suggests using the tunnels that the orcs once used to be able to go back to the village and try to salvage anything that they can um and get any food any just resources that that he can get and it's him and um his friend that i rowan i think is mm-hmm. his name. but um of course her, his mom turns it down and uh, she would send hunters out instead because obviously she doesn't want to send her own child out there um which essentially they do they, they go anyway because they're children they don't fucking listen of course <laughs> Yeah. So Theo and Rowan go out to the town and uh, Theo has the sword with the hilt, which we know that he's, nobody knows that he has yet. Mm-hmm. And um, they split up and of course the, the sun is going away, which we know is their only protection against the, the orcs essentially. And Rowan runs. Yeah. Oh my God. When he <sighs> ran, I was with like, the wheelbarrow, like, just going. Wow. 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 What a the wheelbarrow. Well, who needs enemies when you have friends like that? You know, yeah. like, holy, he just left him mm-hmm. high and dry. Holy yeah. And Theo shit. doesn't even know that he's gone because what? Theo's in the, Theo's in the, in the house or the tavern. So he doesn't even know that he like really ran. Yeah. Well, Rowan was like, bro, we're done. Like, we got what we need. And Theo's like, no, no, no. Let's just check this last thing. He's like, the sun. Like, Like, one one last thing. One one last thing. Nope. One last thing. One last scam. One last plot. One last job. What do you think that always fucking (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, like, and honestly, it's like with with Rowan, that's his name, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I also just want to say you are incredible at knowing all of these names. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, he didn't even see an orc. He just heard one sound and was yes. fucking. He dipped immediately, oh, yeah. like he smart did, man. no hesitation. Smart man. I mean, true. <laughs> it, it's smart. I I get the survival instinct, but it's like you're literally leaving your best friend alone. Yeah. Yeah, he building. really needed yeah. to learn how to give him like a hootie hoo. <laughs> give him a, P- a Peter Pan call. I'm not going to attempt it, but you know what I mean. What's the Peter Pan call? The, like the rooster call. I don't even know. What? I'm not going to attempt Please. it. 
Oh man, it's all right. right. All right. Oh, okay. yeah, you, for those who know, no. Yeah. All right. All right. I mean, I know I just have forgotten. It, yeah. So we'll get to a point on this podcast where we will soundbite things like that in. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I thought you were going to say, we're just going to do a podcast where we do random sounds. <laughs> yeah. All the sounds that are missing from previous pods, we're going to dump them all in its own pod. Oh my God. Imagine that's the most popular episode we have. And then there. reference back to the pod where it's supposed to be inserted yes yeah. and we're gonna actually just ad lib them ourselves yes. so, <laughs> yep. oh, should be oh my god anyways so yeah he yes. dips out he knows that again their only defense is the sun um and then like you said one last this one last that theo gets attacked by an orc of course <laughs> um but in that attack the sword essentially takes its blood oath because it injures the, the wielder mm-hmm. um, and the sword reforms like right in his hand and mm-hmm. he uses it to, to freaking get away, yes. which was really cool to see. Like yeah, it was to yeah. actually reform and be this huge thing. And he, of course he's looking at it like, what the fuck? Yeah. What is this? Like, yeah. I know this is a hilt, but literally what is this? Yes. Yeah. Um, but now that, that tells the orc, that he's fighting like this is this kid has what we're looking for you know like yeah it's it puts an even bigger bounty on theo's head because Mm -hmm. now they know that he has had it or has it at this point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep so now that orc can just run back and be like well we're in the right area yeah we're not (laughs) really not leaving now well we were we were gonna head out this other way but now we know that it's here no we're not leaving yeah and that's basically what they do he has mm-hmm. to hide mm-hmm. uh in a well and oh, then, yes yeah and, and hope that he, they don't find like fucking chickens with their head cut off like mm-hmm. they have, it's here god theo i know that he is gonna be the most irritating character in this whole fucking <laughs> thing he already bothers the shit i'm like oh my god stop doing dumb shit stop doing it because like Really, do we even know why he ran back into the tavern? I don't mean to spend too much time on this, but do we know why he even went in there? He grabbed like a bag of rice. Yeah. Idiot. One bag of grain. Yeah. <laughs> like that, like that was literally it. That's like all he left with. And it got split open anyway. I think he dropped it or it like yes. got oh. damaged somehow. So it was just like oh, just what the hell. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so uh Immediately, it cuts to Elrond and uh, Calibrimbor. And Calibrimbor. Yes, but yeah, we had this pronunciation of names. I, that's how I'm just gonna say it. I I know they said it once, and it's it doesn't want to stick. It was a couple episodes ago, and honestly, I just like this one because it's weird and hard. Yeah. And earlier, because I forgot who the character was and I was just going over the notes, I was like, Sella Brimbor, who is that? <laughs> yeah. So here we are, Calabrimbor. Yes. It. So uh, the door, they're working on the forge, like everything is going great. And then he mentions to Elrond that Durin is avoiding them. Like he's nowhere to be found. He's not speaking with them. He's w- avoiding everybody. And Elrond decides to go to the one person that should know where he is, and that's Deesa. And he tries to catch her in a lie, 
uh, about where Durin is and she's, she's not budging. She, you know, she makes up whatever excuses. Oh, he's, you know, this place, that, and the other. Um, she's not going to rat him out. And the one thing that I didn't mention in my notes, which is uh, eventually becomes important is that her two kids are playing in the background and they are singing and she keeps telling him to quiet down. And that comes into play in a little bit uh, because essentially Disa goes to Durin and is just like, well, uh, I tried to lie to him. I'm having him escorted out of here so you don't have to worry about it, but just know he's, he's looking for you and then come to find out you know, I mean, he's an elf. He's slick. He didn't yeah. leave. Yeah. And he could read lips. Yeah. And he knows. Mm-hmm. So he knows that uh, there is an old mine that Durin and some other dwarves are are in. Um, and it's the mines of Miramir, which, um, yeah. Elrond's just like, I'm, I'm getting in that mine. I'm going to go mm-hmm. down there. I'm going to see what's up. And he knows how to open this passageway because it's the tapping and the singing that the children were doing before when he was talking to Disa. And I was like, this dude. So smart. So smart. So smart because I didn't even catch that. I was just like, oh, she's yelling at her kids. I wasn't even like really paying attention to like what they were saying. It was just like, just like a, like a rhyme, like a, like nursery rhyme, like a kid's rhyme or whatever. You're not. Yeah. Like what a clever little shit he is. A clever little shit. (laughs) So, so yeah, we essentially find out that uh, Durin is uh, mining um, Mithril or Mithril uh, or, with their with their accent, <laughs> and um, Durin makes him swear an oath to not tell anybody what is in the mine mm-hmm. because this material is obviously something special and it's something that the dwarves want don't want anybody else to know. And the, the major key thing that he uses to describe this is that it doesn't lose light. And that's what's making it so special. It's that it's a, a, this hard material that is not easily destroyed and it doesn't lose light, which of course in this story of light versus darkness, <laughs> like yeah, it makes yeah. so much sense why it would be so important. Yeah, it's significant for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Elrond, I, I think also playing on the guilt of him not being around as much and waiting. So, you know, what was it, 20 years? Yeah. Not, you yeah. know, being absent, essentially, from his friendship with him. Um, Durin gives him a piece of the mithril. And it's just like, this is a token of our friendship. Don't tell anybody. And, like, I'm, I'm trusting you with this. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like I said, the biggest reason Elrond wants to keep this oath is not just for the friendship, but I, I do think he feels that guilt of being like, well, I missed out on 20 years. Like, I'm at, like definitely not going to say anything now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ugh, good point. Yeah. So um, that makes sense. Do you know, is there like lore that, uh, you know, or just like this material um do we know how it comes into play later from the movies and books or is it something that well yeah i mean it and th- this is like a material too that it's not even just from lord of the rings um like this franchise at all like mithril is a very like popular material that's just used in all genres of like video games and fantasy it's this very just durable material that a lot of people use for weapons and armor and things like that 
So, um, of course, I'm, I'm thinking Simmerals, but, you know, whatever. As soon as I was like, that's what they're finding, but whatever. Huh. But, um, but yeah, we, uh, we know that this oath is going on. We know that Elrond's, he's a good guy. Like, he's, he's mm-hmm. not going to say anything. Um, and then the mine, like, collapses, mm-hmm. like, as they're talking. And I think it was, like, four or five other dwarves that, that were in there, and they're trapped. I think. Yes. There's, yeah. like, four or five, like, different, different yeah. dwarves. Mm-hmm. Which is just, like, heartbreaking because you know that Durin was supposed to be in there. Yeah. And if Elrond hadn't gone down mm-hmm. and and caught him, then, you know, then mm-hmm. it yeah. would have been there with them. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. And then, I mean, for them to go from a mind collapsing to Aryan bumping into Keeman again in this literally bumping into him again in this little flirtatious whatever they have going on i'm just not i'm, I'm gonna say this right now. i'm just not interested in them i am interested I, i'm not but <laughs> just, it feels forced it felt sudden and i was like who the fuck are you you're not even that hot like, yeah it, yeah i kind of got i mean like i thought that he was funny in this interaction but i also just like always in the back of my head i'm like do you have ulterior motives like why did you just come in all suddenly like this like mm-hmm. i don't know i'm just like like what even from like a viewership audience standpoint i'm like why is this character here like yeah. what the, what is this going to turn into it felt um, contrived mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's the thing too is like i feel like the the way that they're kind of introducing whatever this friendship slash relationship whatever thing this fling thing that's going to go on between it's very just like you said sudden like they kind of just put little blips of their interactions in between like bigger moments yeah yeah so it just, it just feels off to me because like I get character building and I get like them having this friendship is is most likely going to mean something later on perhaps because otherwise why would they do it why would they do it yeah but yeah, it's a little a little forced to me it's yeah. interesting, but a, li- a little forced. I'm yep. not going to lie. I yeah. agree. I agree. Sam. Which we cut to Galadriel and Halbrand. Again, sticking that little little piece of them into something that's more important. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and this is where I put <laughs> the Chancellor's name. Farazon. I'm not going to remember that. Oh, Farazon. Yeah, it was I so remember. weird. I forgot that he had such a weird name. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm like just skimming over it now. It's like that, yeah, that guy's name. There, there it is. But yeah, Gladriel and Halbrand are talking about how um like the the queen is just not seeing like what's happening. Cause again, they're in the jail cells now next to each other. And you know, Gladriel is clearly frustrated. I mean, I I would yeah. be too. You know, you you know this this war is coming, this evil is coming, and you're you're just not being heard. And um, he brings up a good point of truly understanding a person, not even just your enemies, but just anybody. Uh, To fully understand somebody, you have to know a person's fears. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, Galadriel now figures out, like, 
something else is really going on with Muriel. I need to know what is going on. And she's acting defensively about something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very good for like Halbrand's character to come in and finally be useful. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally be useful and, because and he's like this. He yeah, he's like clearing like Galadriel's mind of like, hey, focus on this. Like, you know, your 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 judgment is being clouded because you're you're thinking so much about your brother. You're thinking so much about everything else, but you're you're just seeing the queen being stubborn, and you're not seeing why you're right. overlooking it. Right. Yeah, so, I thought it was a nice little, like it was just like a nice light on his character because I feel like he's been really mysterious, and I wouldn't say destructive because like we haven't seen him destruct a city or anything, but like. I don't know. It was just a nice thing for him to be kind of like the light at the end of her tunnel mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. 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 Cause then, uh, I mean, the whole point is basically she does, she realizes that, um, Mariel is worried about her father. Right. Because and- they break down that conversation. Uh, you know, Halbrand helps her with that. And that's when she realizes like, hey, she didn't start getting super defensive and she didn't throw me in here or want to throw me in here until I mentioned her father. Exactly. So it's just like con- literally connecting the dots and and figuring it out, you know, what's what's going on. And then that's when I'm just going to call him the chancellor. I don't like his name. <laughs> he comes in to let Galadriel know um, that she's going to be sent back. To the elves like they're they're just not going to have her on the island at all they don't want her around um and of course in you know the two of theirs fashion uh Halbrand, you know beating people up now gladriel you know fights the guards and locks them up in herself hell yeah <laughs> yep yeah it's, that was great yes. it was quick it was quick but it was great mm-hmm um, and then we cut to um, Aarian meeting with uh, Isildur for, well, after her dinner with Emin. Yes. And this is when she finds out that her brother um, was dismissed. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, because he's not wearing his uniform and he's, you know, not with his friends. And, you know, she's, she's really disappointed in him because I, I also feel like, you know, she he's the reason that she's in the the builders guild and he helps her i'm so and... glad you said that i'm so glad you said that because i immediately felt the same way i was like oh like it's not just like oh i'm sad that you didn't get this like she adores her brother and the only reason yeah. she's in the builders guild is upon his encouragement so to see fail yeah. is like even more devastating for someone in admiration yeah definitely um that was one of the like big notes that I wrote down is just that like I really really love their relationship and like it just feels very genuine like that those two actors have really great chemistry together Mm -hmm. in that way yeah so um yeah so they're talking about it she's disappointed and then Mm -hmm. yeah um, and then well, she's like, well, now you can go west. Like, isn't that what you wanted? And he's so prideful that, you know, he's like, no, now I don't want to because, you know, I did it in a way that was shameful to our family. Like, I don't deserve 
to do what I want now because it wasn't on my own terms. It was by accident. Yeah. It it wasn't his fault. They got, he got kicked off. Um, So now, yeah, he doesn't feel like he deserves to go on his venture because of that. And then this is where we hear the guards yelling that Galadriel escaped. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she's just, she's taken off and we know exactly where she's going. You know, she figures out that, the soft spot for Muriel is her dad, and she goes right to the king's quarters. And Muriel knows she, she was going to be there. Yep. Okay. <laughs> wait. wait waiting she, for her. She's on the roofs, right? While everyone's on the streets. Yeah. She. Oh, yeah. She's like quick okay. on her feet. She's going. Like she's beelining to there. I just want to say this for all the gamers out there. I'm not even a fucking gamer, but it was very like immediately before i even saw her like up top i was like apostles creed i already know she's gonna be on the fucking roofs yeah freaking jumping around like yeah she's she's beelining to i loved it yeah his chambers um we were talking about elrond she is also a sneaky little minx herself oh yeah she is yeah so um basically it confirms what the our feeling you know was about the king he is sick Mm-hmm. Um, he is in a uh, decline and, um, which of course, I mean, for any of our dads, that's that, I mean, there's, it's hard to like feel any other way. Like, you know, this is your dad. He's the King of Numenor. You have all this pressure on you to, you know, rule these people and you have to hide that he's sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's. You know, it's a lot, it's a lot of pressure and I, I don't blame her for, for hiding it, but you know, for, you know, you don't want the people to, to know, but I also feel like the people know that they're in a good place because Muriel is very for them and like against the elves. And we've seen multiple times throughout the show that the people are, they definitely don't want anything to do with the elves. Yeah. So she's very much playing into their interests. Yeah. Well, she's a politician. Ultimately, yeah. You know, so Yeah. So, um, essentially with this confrontation, not really confrontation, but them talking to each other, Miro is like, you know what, let me, so let me show you something. Um, so she takes her to a different chamber, which has, um, the Palantiri, which is a seeing stone. It's an orb. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the secret that, um, or, well, I should say another one of the secrets other than her dad being ill, um, is that they have this seeing stone where they can see the future. They can see premonitions and upcoming mm-hmm. events or, you know, which essentially makes their decisions, how they, how they rule right. this, this kingdom. Um, and she explains that after the king's coronation, he wanted to side with the the elves and it upset the people and they ended up rebelling against him. So when Muriel took over, um, you know, they, they were happy again and they didn't really question, I guess, what was happening with the king because they're just like, well, we have this person that's on our side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, you know what, if you want to see like what I'm fearing right now and what's going on, you know, touch the ball. Yeah. And she does. And she sees exactly what Muriel saw in the beginning of the episode, which was the the, the tsunami. 
coming yeah, to Yeah, and destroy. what's really interesting about this too, I believe they, well, Galadriel acts like she's not scared. She's like, I've touched plenty over the mm-hmm. course mm-hmm. of my long ass life. Yeah. I'm not scared. And she's like, you haven't touched this one. And I think it's probably because this one, it looks kind of fucked up. It has like cracks and shit mm-hmm. in it. It must show the same vision or something that's really similar because like the way that Galadriel explained it, it seems like they show multitudes of possibilities, like ones that Mm -hmm. are whole and maybe not cracked, but this particular one always, I I don't know if they, I'm assuming that's why she was like, oh, you haven't touched this one. Well, yeah. So I think that, you know, what it seemed like to me is the reason why Muriel had it is because it's like a Luminor version of this and that's that's ultimately the fate of Luminor and that's why it shows both Muriel and Galadriel the same vision because that is the premonition there's nothing else beyond that right Mm -hmm. it's just the destruction of of Luminor well yeah and and the thing is too is that you know she says to Galadriel you know everything was fine and the reason why I'm so against you being here is because this premonition of Numenor falling didn't start until you showed up here yeah right and that is what why Muriel has been so defensive this entire time and really doesn't want to hear her out at all Mm -hmm. um and Gladriel tries to reason with her that they they need to fight the war together because eventually you know yeah the Southlands are going to get taken over but it's gonna come knocking on your door eventually yeah exactly. and it will only be a matter of time yeah and it's not so much her doubting what the vision is it's like no i don't care she almost says in a way like i don't care what that vision says i know what's going on right now and we need to focus on that yeah not this premonition that's going to happen in the future we need to focus on something that's happening right now well, yeah, and it, it's like if they've always had this very prosperous, peaceful, uh, you know, kingdom and then the destruction happens, you know, or you start seeing the just you see the premonition of the destruction as soon as Galadriel gets there or if Galadriel was in the vision herself showing up because we did hear Muriel say that she's here, you know, that kind of foreshadow of they already mm-hmm. expected her to come. Yeah. Um you know, I wouldn't trust that person either because it, it almost like is like, okay, these two things are connected. I've always, this has always been a great place. It's always been a safe place. So as soon as you show up in this destruction follows. So why would I trust you at all? You yeah, know, and the other thing is too, is we, we know how important the trees and stuff are too. Cause that was another like little thing in the premonition yeah. as well as the, the leaves from the, the tree falling off as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's this it's scary yes but you know going back to like galadriel's reasoning of it is you know you don't know when this tsunami is going to happen right but we know what's happening now and it's like let's yeah Yeah, one thing one thing at a time and back yep you know a tsunami is something that you can hardly fucking calculate Yeah. yeah yep so, um, yeah, I think at the end, uh, you know, we wrap up this conversation between them where they kind of decide that they're just going to go separate ways because mm-hmm. they're, they're not really reasoning with each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then what happens after? Um, so we cut back to, uh, Bronwyn, um, and all of those people with her, uh, in the, 
power or the stronghold, what, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and Treadwell, who is one of the guys that's helping her, is like, listen, the, the woods are bare. Like, we we need to figure something out because there's only so much we can ration. Um, like I mentioned before, you have so many people and you're trying to help them all survive. And, you know, they need to figure out, you know, something to do. And then this is when bitch boy Rowan shows up with a wheelbarrow full of food and all the people start tearing it apart. And he's like, yeah, Theo's uh, right behind me. No, no big deal. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, we what? weren't supposed Rowan? to be out. We weren't supposed to be out to begin with, but here's this food. And oh yeah, you're, I left your son, but um, he's, he's back Rowan there. Rowan saved himself and the whole fucking tribe because Theo wanted one fucking more. I mean, it's yeah, true. A bag of grain that he true. didn't even get. So you it know what? True. So Rowan? I ain't mad at you. Uh, I know it's for, thing, it's for the greater good. I, yeah, I understand. not fucking thinking about that when he ran. He was, no, thinking, he oh, didn't. No, he but we could see himself. that. We could see it was for the greater uh, good. Yeah, he I was mean, a, a bitch in the in the moment. A hundred percent. Honestly, I'm just like, are you a hobbit? Like, why are you <laughs> so <just> terrified? <laughs> He's a bigger bitch. And mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, but Jenna said it a few pods ago and it is burned into my memory. I've even said it to everyone who's watching this. Oh, no. I'm like, Theo is the person that hides the zombie bite. He is. He, he is. literally is. Like God, he just... that was so fucking accurate. Yeah. <laughs> no one even knows he has the sword still. Honestly, yeah, still. Like, throw Theo and Rowan both away. Yes. How about that? Throw, throw they both away. suck. Yeah. <laughs> like... So, <laughs> and then this poor kid has been hanging out in a well this entire time. Oh, hiding from the orcs. Fucking deserved getting, it. Getting, pr- <laughs> getting pruny ass hands and feet, <laughs> just chilling in oh, that water. Yeah, you know, geez. But the funny thing is, and I'm so glad that I put this in my notes, when he gets outside of the well, he grabs that bag of grain again. <laughs> oh, fuck. I was and he so keeps funny. hiding. And he that. keeps, yeah, he keeps hiding. I noted it because I was like, man, he's really just on that that he's- bag. These people are fucking hungry, man. Yeah, his, that's what it is. It's like his people are hungry. He's hungry. Like he's yeah. he went in there. He fought off an orc. He's gonna he's gonna take what he fought for, and it's oh, that yeah. one bag of of grain. He is um, hard headed so badly. Oh like, yeah, honestly, he's a fucking ox. That one. Yeah, who is his dad for real? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> but he, uh, so yeah, he grabs this bag of food and he keeps hiding. And uh, he he gets caught uh, shortly after. He thinks he's in the clear. He kind of has that smug little. He has like this little smirk of like, haha, I'm 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 out of here, nerds. And then he turns, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he turns the corner and he gets caught by a fucking orc. And then luckily, I I he I hope he just eventually really worships the ground that Aaron Deer walks on. Aaron Deer oh saves God, his fucking life. Ah. Uh. This was my favorite scene of the whole thing. It was so pretty, first of all. And Aaron Deer, God damn oh, yeah, it, that them, them, fine. Yeah, them running through the woods. It's like yes. this slow motion. You uh, just see dozens and dozens of orcs running after them. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Deer is just like, fucking run, dude. Like, yeah. just let me try to do my thing. Just run. Yeah. And Bronwyn ends up, uh, kind of meeting them a little bit in the middle runs with them and mm-hmm. 
by the the grace of the fucking Valar, the sun comes out <laughs> and saves them because they were they were charging. They were they were after them. Yeah. Yep. Um yeah, God, uh Aaron Deer, that that scene, I'm like, yes, he's back, baby. He is back. And let me just say it's nice to see him not a prisoner with a nice clean face yes exactly it out there uh, he's yeah. so handsome don't put dirt on his face again yeah <laughs> don't do that god How dare like, you bloody him up but not his face oh <laughs> yes geez yeah that was that was really a really really cool scene um and of course it happened the way that it did because why would it not and you know with bronwyn running into to catch him and i'm like theo you little sack of shit, you know, Stop look at what, how everybody is like, what you're putting everyone through right I now. Know. <laughs> <laughs> like um, Aaron Deer and Bronwyn are just trying to get away from the orcs and have sex. You know, yeah. brought the orcs here. Now they know that you have the blood oath sword that materializes with blood. It's all your fault. Mm-hmm. And Again, yes, Rowan's a little bitch, but he wouldn't have to have been a little bitch if Theo didn't put him in a bad situation. I'm so happy that this is like a debate. (laughs) (laughs) Maddie is holding on to Rowan is not a total piece of shit, too. He's like 12 years old. Yeah, I mean, they are. They're really young. Yeah. They're so young. They're basically... Just, oh God, they're, they're basically toddlers like yes. they're just they have no idea what they're what they're doing neither they're of them really. have a driver's license that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> okay oh god oh, oh, um, so, okay. one, one oh. thing that i did also really like and um it ties into where we're going next into the next scene is that when they are running through the woods this music is playing Mm-hmm. and it's disa singing yes yeah yep yes and she had that woman she has some fucking pipes on her yeah she does it but was that's the whole purpose beautiful. of of her she um she basically her thing is she she sings to the mountain she sings to the stones yeah. and that's yeah. how they kind of it's almost in a way um I didn't note it, but I'm glad that I'm remembering this comparison. It's almost like echolocation in a way with mm. like dolphins and, and other animals. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. She sings and sends out like vibrations and she can also tell when there's stuff in the rocks and locations of things. Yeah. And she can also communicate with the the mountains. And, yes. um, you know, she tells Elrond, like, that was my plea to the mountains to mm-hmm. release the miners because they yeah. weren't able to get them out yeah. um, so, at the time. This was definitely my favorite scene, I think, thus far, like, mm-hmm. in the series, since the series has dropped. Like, I really like the scene, number one, because I really like what you just said, the echolocation thing. I didn't think of that, but they had mentioned it before when she was talking to Elrond in a different episode about how they <clears throat> treat the mines. And and she was like, yeah, like it, it's something along the lines of like being kind to their surroundings and environment. And I think it's really nice and reminiscent, which we touched on before too. It's like native people and all kinds of cultures always showed respect to anything in nature that was beneficial for them. Yeah. What they were grateful for and like being useful to them. And I thought that was really nice that like 
you know, and like, what do you say? They're like, oh, if you play classical music for your plants, like they'll grow better and, and like mm-hmm. shit like that. And I'm like, oh, like just seeing to the rocks and like having this open line of communication with nature. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's a very common um, thing throughout like all the people and all, all the, you know, the characters in the show, because it's not just the dwarves. It's also, you know, we saw it already with the the elves and cutting down the tree. And we see it with the Harfoots of, yes. you know, realizing their surroundings and, you know, respecting like what's around them. It's a very, this is very an era of anything that isn't man mm-hmm. or human uh, just respects Mm-hmm. The earth. Well, it's almost like they treat it as as if it's just as alive as we are yeah which i mean because it is bro right, right and i think it's it's just so interesting because in our modern society like we've gotten really far away from that idea for me it's been a lot of like on a personal level like relearning i'm a white person so yeah. like yes i've always felt these inclinations i'm like oh like i should be like more in touch with nature and blah 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 but uh yeah i think that God, they, I just think they did a really beautiful job. And the, and I don't know, I assume this is probably the actress's real voice. Yes. I, yeah. I, ha- I mean, I don't know why they would change it. I, I don't know. I, yeah. they would. I literally had goosebumps. It was so like, like the vibrations that she was sending into the rocks. Like I also felt that shit in my spine. I was like, oh my God, yeah. I get it. Yeah. It, was like- it was really beautiful. It was, it was, and it was a really nice transition sound from the woods right into like we're realizing that it's her that's singing mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you know so it, it was yeah it was it so was they are very like probably like like speaking of, like cinematic stuff and like tra- like you said transitioning so that's probably like the best transition between scenes i think so far yeah definitely yes. definitely because like, i don't think there was anything else like that yeah yep yeah. because um, it was it, it was this very like um because like I said she she says that it's a plea to the rocks and that's how she's describing it to Elrond so and you hear that you hear that it's like this sorrowful like leading. yes so for, for sure yes yeah. very melancholy and so to hear that sound initially of them running through the woods and like running away from the orcs like it made sense and I was like wow this music is fantastic and then cutting to her Mm-hmm. singing and then explaining that that is the emotion behind it yeah it just it was like full circle like it it was fantastic yeah it was great it was so so great um yeah I loved the way that she explained it too and and Elrond is looking around he's almost like I've never seen anything like this before and you see like yeah. running. how close is where Bronwyn is to where the dwarves are um I'm not sure map-wise. It's all the same, like, continent. Yeah. But, yeah. So the reason I ask is because if Disa had explained that it's a plea to the rocks, I mean, her voice is fucking powerful. And I think yeah. at that range and that, like, level of vibration, maybe that's I think the came scene out. that they did, too, like, with them escaping the orcs i'm like maybe her plea like her she's got some kind of power in a way it's shifting things yes more than just that yeah how close they were to her did that affect their escape yeah yeah Uh, that's actually a really good point of like because you like the clouds suddenly just you know the sun suddenly came out yeah oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and that could be because Mm -hmm. i was almost like 
the it the song made sense and the way that it was melancholic but you know the actual uh r and dear you know and and theo and bronwyn and then the dwarves and disa they're not really connected yet so no. so but like i think that that might be a theme throughout the show if that is true and that's that's actually what mm-hmm. happened where they're all even though they're separated they're all helping each other in some way and they don't realize mm-hmm. it yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm wondering if there's like a proximity thing happening here that they just don't even know yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, because well, we know uh, there was a map release and we'll we'll look this up and go over it again for the next episode for sure because I'm a geographic. Yeah, because yeah, because I, I looked at it when we were doing like the first couple episodes and then I, I just haven't looked at it since. Yeah. So I know that they're all on the same continent so to speak in the Numenor and then there's other there's other islands that are Mm -hmm. you know off the coast obviously but like I do want to kind of go over the geography of it because that helps me make sense of things a lot Mm -hmm. better because that was one of the questions is that I had episode one is how close are the Harfoots to the elf kingdom for Mm -hmm. example because it makes it seem like they're right outside like they're Mm -hmm. right there yeah um but yeah, so I mean that could be that's a really good uh theory. It's a theory but, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from from what I know, it's because the dwarves are so much into the actual like stone and mountains. Yeah. Like that's from what I know, like her effect has on it. But now that you mentioned that, like it was all happening at the same time. It wasn't just a, like a transitional thing from scene to scene, but it was yeah. like literally the earth. And everything on it shifting. Moving mountains, right? Like, I'm just, like, being cliche about it. I know that she doesn't control the weather, but I'm like, if you're doing something at that level, Mm -hmm. you're probably doing Mm -hmm. more than you think because you're underground. Like, you don't know, like, you're moving the lands, but what's happening above? Like, something's Mm -hmm. happening. You just don't see it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, like... And again, like, this is super duper fantasy. I mean, this is, like, fucking Lord of the Rings. Like, you can yeah, do yeah. what you want here. So, like, to me, I know Disa is not... Yes, a dwarf is a magical creature, but, like, we don't see the... Like, they can't, like, make a fireball in their hand, right? No. It's, like it's more natural. It's more ritualistic. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, she is... There's a magic about Disa. Even though it's not like she can you know fucking transport from new york to chicago like <laughs> yeah whatever. well but we know that her power works because yeah. um Durin comes in and all the dwarves are alive that got crushed in the mine and you know they were they were trapped they're alive everything's great but Durin is also upset um because now that his father um found out about it because of course he's going to find out about it he Mm -hmm. ordered the mine to be shut down and for it to be filled in and Duran gets really upset um for good reason because you know he's he's you know in control of this thing it's you know what he wants to do um and essentially with a lack of a better like few for few words he wished his father dead yeah you know he he says you know how he you know, he can't wait until he can essentially just not have to answer to anybody. Yeah, and and this is when Elrond comes in and he's like, you know, I basically, he says, I would give anything to have a conversation with my dad again. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, you know, you're going to regret, you know, saying that 
and yeah. it su- it sucks now, but you know your your father, you know go go talk to him. Like yeah. don't don't just assume that he's mad at you forever. You know go talk to him, and then of course, um, Lisa, you know in in her fashion lightens the mood and asks how the two of them met, and we know that they bicker back and forth. Yeah. Uh, so it does. It lightens the mood, and they're you know they kind of squabble back and forth with each other how they met and which. You know, it's very uh, Gimli and Legolas yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what that's what it reminded me of of that like bantering back and forth constantly about about things like that. Yeah. Um, and then Durin does go. He he goes and he speaks with his father. He apologizes that he was he was wrong. You know, going behind his back and, and stubborn. And you know, he's the reason why this happened. And his dad said that there's nothing to forgive and everything's right with them. And yeah, just because every- he's angry now doesn't mean that he's, you know, angry forever. Like he knows yeah. his son and yeah, he's mad, but there's nothing to forgive because he, he trusts his son to, to make decisions. And um, they talk about um, the next uh, step for him. And uh, Durin tells his dad, Hey, Elrond, invited me back to go to Linden and um my gut feeling because his dad asked him well what's your gut feeling about about doing this and he says well I, th- I think I should go and it, like I said his dad trusts him so he's like yeah you should so well, and I think yeah. his dad also knows that like he, we he still feels like there was an ulterior motive for Elrond's coming so he's like yeah you should go at this point to Linda and like just just go sniff it out for yourself yeah yeah yeah. there's a reason why Elrond was here so why don't you return the favor and go figure out what they're doing like yeah yeah, you guys are friends but they're we're not dumb there's something else going going on here yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and Um, then uh that conversation was really nice between him and his dad, especially because mm-hmm. of how angry they probably both were. And then his dad really like met him with like peace and love. Mm-hmm. And that was nice to see because at first we panned to his dad and I'm like, oh my God, this he looked like he was dead. I was like, this man is dead in the chair right now. <laughs> I swear, like, I thought it was going to be a really just heartbreaking moment <laughs> of Elrond telling him, don't, you're going to regret you know, saying that, you know, when your dad dies and then he walks in and his dad's dead. Like I, I thought that. I thought that too. So when, (laughs) when he finally breathed and said something, I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was my heart sank for 0.2 seconds. Yeah. Uh, I know it was a long pan around that. It really was. Yeah. God. (laughs) But I understand they probably did that to like, you know, show like tension, like maybe yes. that they're the two of them are going to have an argument. Yeah. I get that that was probably like their intent of the slow pan, but like, do not foreshadow <laughs> this man dying. And uh, then he yeah. actually dies while that conversation is happening. Mm-hmm. Jerks. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, okay. after this, we, um, we cut back to our dear, um, telling Bronwyn about because now that they're finally like calmed down they're not running anymore um, they're back at the tower and he tells Bronwyn about this men- uh, message from Adar that if they don't surrender Adar is going to take everything from them they want this stronghold they want to take over all the, the Southlands they want everything that they can get and um, we they have a little bit of that conversation and then we see Theo again who takes out the hilt and Waldreg, who is the tavern owner. 
the old guy, right? The old, yeah, the old guy comes over to him and knows the, like, sees him, and he tries to, like, be, you know, stealthy and, like, hide this hilt, but he, he knows what he has, and then he shows him his arm, and he's like, yeah, I know what you have, and he has the same marks on his arm, so you know that this dude, this old fuck, is, again, a person with a zombie bite and hiding it because yes. he's been using this tool at this entire time, which yep. begs to the, for the argument of like, if he's been using it, the orcs have been coming this entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And getting closer and closer because this old man has been using it too. And we don't know the true power of this sword yet. Yeah, because it's like, what do, what does it do? But the sword is like a beacon. Like yeah. they know, yes. like like how the ring is. Like the rings are. Like you can tell, it's like a force. Like you could tell where it is. So yeah. like when this, when like Frodo puts on the ring, all of a sudden the ring race know where he is because the, the power of the ring is being like activated. Yeah, it's- So it's- when they activate this sword, like- Sauron is gonna know where it is. <laughs> like yeah, it's a beacon. The alarm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every witch movie ever. If the witch uses magic, like the fucking demon that's chasing her knows where she mm-hmm. is because she's using the magic. Like yeah. that's fucking yeah. classic. Yeah. yeah. So we we know that the the hilt was originally um, in Waldrig's uh, tavern because he accuses it from stealing or not in the tavern in his barn um, and he accuses him of stealing it. And like I said, he shows that he's used it before too, because he has the same marks on his arm. And he essentially tells Theo like, hey, and he like warns him, you know, be ready for what's to come because now the two of us are like linked in a way. He gives off this like, now we're in cahoots together because we both know about this. Yeah, um, we have this secret. And- Fucking asshole. Yeah, and then um, he mentions uh, the meteor man seeing that, you know, star fall from the sky, like, you'll mm-hmm. be ready for what's to come. And Theo makes the connection, like, you know, I have this hilt, there is that thing in the sky, like, and he realizes, like, oh, shit, you know, I don't know, what the hell. Oh, jeez. So, right after this, though, we do uh, cut to a little scene, though, um, of what we mentioned before, where the orc tells Adar, like, they found the sword. So, I know we mentioned that before with, you yeah. know, you know, Theo and stuff, like, you know, and, yeah, and but finding him. Yeah, but they're it to the other orcs at that point. This is, like, official. They yeah. tell Adar. Yeah, so, yeah, so now the Adar, orc. like, yeah, Adar. officially knows. Yeah. Asha, he Asha. knows. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we get this um, this scene, which also out of this episode is is not my favorite scene. That that the singing and the running through the woods is like my favorite scenes. But this is another scene that I I really enjoyed um, because it's very like the prophecy has essentially come, but not in the way that Muriel was expecting because um this last scene is galadriel walking to the boat to begin to sail off because again muriel is sending her away um and as muriel leaves to you know go announce to the people like hey you know the elf is leaving we have nothing else to worry about anymore the white leaves from the tree start falling Mm -hmm. and from the tree of numenor 
And of course, this again is a callback to Muriel's vision of first the leaves are going to fall and then the tsunami is, is going to come. So um, just that scene there of her still making that announcement to the people and then Galadriel comes back out from behind and she stopped the boat because mm-hmm. now she realizes that stopping Galadriel from leaving is actually is, part of the destruction is what it will know is what is supposed to happen. Like Galadriel's not supposed to leave now yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. sending her away is starting this, yeah. this vision. So, but it was really cool to see because for a second, you don't, for a second, you don't know what's going to happen because it just cuts to Muriel making the announcement. Yeah. And it really shows like Galadriel's boat kind of getting further away. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, wow, they're, leaves are falling. They're really letting her go. And then she's making this announcement and you don't see Galadriel anywhere. I was like, the heck is this bitch doing? Like, did she stop her? Like she has to. And then of course, like I said, she comes out from from behind the curtain yeah yeah she's staying yeah Um, she basically in this moment like agrees to to help mm -hmm. and and well yeah because she's so set in like her ways of of believing this prophecy yeah that you know if she goes against her face in believing in this thing you know i think it starts questioning she starts she'll start to question who she is as a person because mm-hmm. she's very mm-hmm. much a person of her faith and what she believes in. She's very much about yeah. the people. So if she turns her back on this vision that she very like vividly saw multiple mm-hmm. times, like yeah. and that other people have seen confirmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, and then she says that she's gonna um accompany Galadriel. Yes, mm-hmm. that they're all going to go to Middle Earth and help the, uh, help the people in the Southlands. Mm-hmm. And um, the last little bit that we see that kind of connects is Ellen Deal looking for volunteers because obviously they're they're going to be taking a small army over there. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be just a handful of people. They're they're going to try to bring as many volunteers as they can, and nobody steps up at first because again, they're they terrified. Yeah. Well, not just that. They're just like, it's an elf. Like, we don't want to help the elf. They're so set in their ways of not helping them that they're just like, well, what the also, hell? who the fuck wants to face Sauron? Who wants to be drafted to face <laughs> It's Sauron? true. That's <laughs> true. Shitty-ass Southlands. Like, you know. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know if it's just because most of what we've seen, in, uh, we've seen of it well, it's is been destroyed. villages and the, the orcs destroyed a lot of it, but I'm just like, God, it just looks like swamp. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I wouldn't want to go there either. Gorge. Exactly. So like, yeah. No one wants to leave. Yeah. Um, and then um, so nobody is saying anything. Everybody's pretty quiet. And then because the three of them were have nothing to do now, uh Valendil, who again is the darker haired friend, um volunteers first. You know, he he doesn't have anything, you know, like we talked about before, where you know, he doesn't have a dad to lead him or open doors for him. So he's like, well, this is my calling now because I'm not just, just, you know, sit around here with my thumb up my ass. Like I'm, a, you know, I, I want something to do. So he's the first one to volunteer uh, along with the other friend. And then, you know, out in the back, Isildur is like, well, this is kind of my fault. My, I see my two friends doing this. This is the adventure that I want. This mm-hmm. is where I want to go anyway. Mm-hmm. 
and he he volunteers and then everybody follows suit that that mob mentality yeah yeah yep. that that yeah, uh just, that fomo <laughs> you see yeah, three people uh volunteering and everybody else is like you know what yeah fuck it i'll go too yeah wow, we all gotta go yeah well yeah. And it, it is it is cool actually like the the way that the events unfolded if uh Isildur would have never had that you know that whole thing happen in the beginning of the episode then the three of them wouldn't be there and you know they weren't gonna make that I don't think they were in a position they were gonna force anybody to do this trip it was really volunteer well no they probably would have been at sea right well that's what I'm saying if that would have never happened on the ship then they wouldn't have been there and who knows if anyone would have volunteered by you know the end of this episode so yeah. kind of like uh, this was you know fate for that to happen almost mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh, oh yeah in this one a lot of dialogue not it's a lot of dialogue a lot and still more and still more setup of you know what's the comments really putting like wheels in motion of you know and, and stuff and even though it was dialogue there was a lot of really important things of you know context develop. yeah a lot of a lot of context and a lot of i think also helping galadriel um calm down a little bit yeah because God. she's so like steadfast and so like strong in her that bitch is tight wow yeah for and for like you know to mention back to halbrand like essentially helping her realize this it's like you know you need to take a step back you need to see this from like on a wider scope yeah you know and you know just because you're you're hard-headed right now and you're determined doesn't mean people are going to to listen to you you know yeah. you have to let figure people out you have to learn about people like yeah. i understand yeah. you've been around the block you're older than all of us but you <laughs> still you still have stuff to learn <laughs> i have to say um and we'll say goodbye after this but Galadriel right now is giving me and Sam you've never worked in the restaurant but in the restaurant you're really busy and you're in the fucking weeds in the weeds feels like she's in the weeds this this whole time until that conversation with Halbrand she's a lot um she's a lot she she wants to accomplish and she's like everybody just get on my level right like just like understand what I, I see but my uh final note is that there were no fucking harfoots. <laughs> no, no harfoots. I'm so, no, no I'm so upset. I'm like, stop doing that. Just give me a little bit. But that means that the next episode hopefully is Harfoot and Starboy heavy. Um, because we I really miss them. And I'm happy that we got Dern and Disa in this. episode when we didn't get them last episode so they're giving and taking the really really great characters and you know oh yeah because if they tried to fit everybody's storyline and what's happening all in one episode we would lose a lot of building yeah these episodes would be a lot longer than they already are both the Mm -hmm. pod and the actual episodes yes and we did a good job today yeah (laughs) short and sweet that was great yeah Yeah. unlike the over two hour last one (laughs) well we went off on a tangent on very important things though yes yeah so um okay so jenna where can the people find you uh people can find me on uh Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, all, all the all the fun places at uh, O Jenna Elise. The letter O, Jenna Elise. 
Uh, but Twitch is just Jenna Elise. It's the only one that's different. Somebody, somebody took that shit from me. Yeah. What a bitch. Um, all right. Yeah. So, and then we, as always, you know, you can find us uh Twitter, HB underscore hose, Instagram, HB dot hose, hose at hbhose.com. Um, this is Sam, Maddie, and Jenna. Hell yeah. Check Hell back yeah. With us <laughs> next time. Love ya. Bye. Bye.